Welcome back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander here on News Radio 680 WPTF. A good Saturday morning to you. I am Jason Kong, and good morning to you, Bill. How are you? Good morning, Jason. I'm doing great. Hope you are. It's good to see you survive the eclipse. I'm glad you're doing all right. Your vision a- a- looks good. A- absolutely. Uh, although I have to say that I fibbed about, didn't mean to, about uh, the fact that I would not you know, put on the glasses and, uh, you know, look up at the sun because I am risk adverse. And quite frankly, I I was looking on the television in my office and we had a, a great group of people uh, that basically were outside, you know, having a, it was like a block party, if you will, uh, for about 10 minutes. And uh, uh, we had uh, folks in the office, and um, we had the television on because none of us wanted to miss the um, the spectacular event. And of course, Raleigh wasn't spectacular <laughs> in turn, not like it would have been in Columbia, South Carolina, right. or in Charleston, South Carolina, or um, you know the places that actually went dark. Uh, but it, it was fascinating, and. Um, and so I did take that risk. I went out. Uh, there's, there was a young lady that had uh, the, the proper eyewear, if you will, and I donned it. And the eyewear was pretty interesting because the bottom line is if it, you couldn't see anything without actually facing the sun. And, and it, was, it, it, was, it was interesting. I'm sure that uh, everyone enjoyed the moment. Uh, as it related to that. But seeing, I mean, actually with the glasses, you could see the moon covering up the sun. And, of course, in this area, there was still a sliver of sun. Mm -hmm. But what was really amazing was the fact that that little sliver really kept the lights on, if you will. (laughs) I mean, it was still pretty – It was. I won't even say it got as dark as dusk, but uh, it – you could tell there was a difference and the temperature declined a little bit and – those kind of things, but it was um, it was fascinating. What do you think? It was I thought it was impressive too. I, uh, the thing that I liked is kind of what you hinted on is that just everyone was kind of outside and together and passing around the sunglasses and mm-hmm. you know some people had some makeshift boxes, pinhole boxes that you could look through and it was just a cool event bringing everyone together. I, that's I, that's the part that I really enjoyed. I did too. I thought that was wonderful and and quite frankly I, I did not go out and buy those glasses because I wasn't planning to do it but since some other folks had the glasses i figured why not um and uh i'm glad it did it was it was sometimes it's worth taking risks there you go (laughs) sometimes it is sometimes it isn't well let's get into some asset protection that's the name of the show and uh bill you read an an interesting article this week and we're going to talk about it i did uh i i uh, enjoy the News and Observer, and I'm one of the old people that actually gets the the printed paper, mm-hmm. uh, and I enjoy that. And in this, I always like to read the work and money section on Sunday. Uh, and there was an, one interesting article, or one that caught my eye, and it um, uh, was a reprint from um, the Milwaukee Journal. But that's okay, you know, papers do that, and it, this was worth reading. Uh, but it, the the title of the um, of this article was "Has the way to ensure a healthy financial future changed?" And I think it's it's helpful to us to recognize some of the differences that are out there um, because 
we know what happened to my generation. Um, you, you know, I'll turn 66 this year. Um, so that, you know, tells people, uh, you know, at least my, you know, historically how I grew up. Um, but your situation is totally different from mine and my children's, you know, they're younger than you. So their, their, uh, situation's a little different from, from, uh, your situation as well. And I think it's important for parents and grandparents, um, to understand the differences. You know, one of the things that, uh, this article said was the rules are always changing. Every generation has had to deal with changes in technology, cultural norms, politics, and economics. And that is so true. Um, But, I mean, you know, from my perspective, um, uh, the the general rules in my my mind are still the same. I I mean, there, there are some things that I think make a big difference. I mean... When uh, I was growing up, the mantra was, you know, go to school, do well in school, get a job, get the best job you can get, save your money, buy a house, and invest your money. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, some of the better advice is invest your money in ways where you won't lose it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the uh, you know, in, in other words, don't be a um, – uh, you know, be a good investor, if you will. And, and of course, that's where things really vary. But uh, there's, um, you know, that's pretty much the way, uh, you know, I grew up knowing that if I did those things, I could be successful and would be able to uh, live a good life and retire and still be able to keep up uh, and, and do fairly well. Well, uh, and of course, um, my, you know, we, you, me, my children, uh, we all lived through the global uh, financial crisis of 2007, uh, where everything sank. Stocks sank, uh, housing Mm -hmm. sank. There there was no, uh, I mean, all investments basically plummeted. It didn't matter whether you were in gold, silver, uh, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, real estate, uh, uh, you know, all, all sorts of things. Everything went down all at once. So there was no uh, uh, safe haven anywhere. Uh, and, and, of course, uh, interest rates uh, became zero. You mm-hmm. remember that? Yep. Um, so uh, even bonds were, I mean, it, there was no safe haven. Um, there were a lot of people who um, lost half or more mm-hmm. of their nest eggs during that period of time. And, of course, the thing that's so sad, and, of course, uh, when it comes to investing, when you have a nest egg that's all you have and you know that's what you have to have for the rest of your life and and you've made a mistake, you've had it invested where you didn't have it protected, and then you lose half of it, well, the fact of the matter is most people at that point decide, well, I'm, I'm just going to call it in and keep what I have left safe. And truthfully, that was the biggest mistake mm-hmm. that most 
families make. But most people aren't sophisticated investors. You know, they're reactionary. They're reactive investors, and those are the worst kinds. Those are the ones who get taken advantage of. But the bottom line is is that the people who basically um, sheltered their assets after the fall, they're the ones who've never come back. They've never gotten their nest egg back. The ones who basically kept their money in the markets uh, recovered. It took five or six years mm-hmm. Uh, for everybody uh, who stayed in the markets to recover. Um, but bottom line is the markets have recovered, and now we're looking at new highs every day, and it's um, uh, it's pretty amazing. But there are ways to invest in the markets far more safely with asset protection than the way most investment advisors uh Uh, do it for you. And one of the sad things is that most investment advisors are not looking at whether you lose money or not. All they're trying to do is to be able to say at the end of the year that, well, we beat the market. We beat the S&P 500. Uh, So if the S&P 500 lost 20% this year and we only lost 17%, we did a really good job. Well, I think that's baloney, uh, you know, because if you lose 17%, you have to make 34% in order to get back to zero. Right. And a lot of folks – so the the thing about – to me, the thing about investing that's so important is reduce your risk. You know, you need to have a way to, to – um, and I'm not an advocate for a lot of bonds. I'm not an advocate for CDs and money markets because those don't even get you through the inflation rate. So you're still losing money. It's safe, but you're losing money to inflation. So you have to have a, a reasonable return, but there are safeguards that you can put on any kind of portfolio or investments that give you a much better chance of keeping your property safe and having a reasonable return on it as well. And if you can reduce your risk where other people are maybe losing 20% and you're losing 2 or 3% in those terrible markets, you then you've done pretty darn well because you have very little to make up. And then on the upside, you can still do well as well. So those are important. But So what are... Um, what are some of the differences in today than what we have? Um, well, one is housing. You know, is housing a safe bet? Well, actually, it, it has recovered. Mm-hmm. And for, for those who are at least um, look closely at what they're buying, in other words, they're not just, you know, if you're still – in any kind of investing, whether it's a house or anything else, you really want to find a bargain if you can. You know, and I've I've purchased real estate, and I'm no wizard, but I do know that if I pay full price for real estate, because of the commissions and expenses involved in a real estate transaction, if I pay full price, fair market value for a piece of property, it takes three or four years of owning that property before I can even get all of my money back if I'm if I sell it right. you know because it's it's an expensive proposition far more expensive than some uh, other uh, investment concepts um, 
And so when I'm buying real estate, I try very well, very much to, in essence, buy low. In other words, find a bargain, somebody mm-hmm. who really needs to sell, uh, and that the real estate's really good real estate. It's not, it's not a dump, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you will. And if you buy low, then obviously if you end up having to sell five or ten years later, then you can make out fairly well with that, that kind of situation. But for young people, uh, one of the key ingredients to real estate, which is a big change, is guess what? You guys move around. That's right. You know, you may not be and, – and, I'll you know, the, the former radio hosts with me for the last few years – one moved from Durham to Williamston, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So he moved an hour and a half, almost two hours from where he used to live. And then our, our last uh, host moved from Raleigh to Charlotte. Well, guess what? You're going to have to change where you live uh, when you do that. Uh, now, both of them had lived in, in this area for a long time, so I'm sure that they did fine on the sale of their uh, place, but the bottom line is people do move around. So, from my perspective, and sometimes you know when people move here with big companies, they might be here for a few years and then move on. You know, the next promotions in California or some you know somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Uh, one of the rules of the road, from my perspective, is if you buy real estate and you know that it's not likely that you're going to be around for more than five or six years, then you might, instead of taking a fixed rate mortgage, it's less expensive to, to actually get a variable rate mortgage that only changes every five years because, you know, that makes a difference. And if you know that you're not going to be here but a short period of time, then buying is a mistake. Right. You know, renting is is better if you know going in that you're likely to only be here two, three, maybe even four years. You know, after that, if you if you know it's five to ten years, then buying is is probably the better way to go. But, you know, the real estate market, you have to be um, at least a cognizant of of the expenses of uh, of selling and purchasing real estate when, I mean, in terms of looking at a house as an investment. Yeah, there's a, a lot made about buying your own house, but there, you know, depending on your situation, renting may be the way to go. A quick break and back, you're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. I'm Jason Kong, and he's Bill Alexander, and we're talking about uh, an article that you read, Bill, that uh, sort of was asking the question: Has uh, the way to ensure financial uh, health in the future has that changed? Well, the bottom line is the article's about the fact that it's different from you in terms of things you have to look out for and me. But, you know, we're, we're talking about housing and whether to buy a home. I, I, I mean, quite frankly, I think the old rule still stands to the degree that a young person uh, has opportunities in the same geographical area and knows that this is where they want to live. And it may be because this is where the family lives. It mm-hmm. may be because there are other things that keep you uh, married to this region, uh, then clearly buying a home and having a fixed rate mortgage 
and paying for that house and getting it paid off before you retire is huge. I mean, to, to me, there's no question that uh, a, a family or a couple or a person who has their home paid off in full when they retire are 10 times better off financially than those who are either still paying rent or still having to pay a mortgage. And I've seen lots of families that, you know, the, they're 65 years old and, and they've gotten a brand new 30-year mortgage, might be cheaper than rent, and that's why they've done it, but they're going to have that mortgage payment for the, their, the rest of their life, and when they die, there'll they'll be a, a, a debt uh, for someone to pay off at that point. So uh, to me, um, having that extra payment, uh, and it's a big payment sure. at, when you're on a fixed income, um, you know, at that point, it's so much better for folks to have a home that's paid off when, they, when they're not working anymore. Their goal should be to have their home paid off in full when they retire. And, and that's just so important to folks. But, I mean, you just – I can't say how important that is. And there are a lot of folks who say, oh, no, no. But I think those other folks are just full of it. <laughs> okay. So what else has changed? The other biggie uh, is debt. Uh, and it's because uh, – I mean, there's no question all the studies basically show – that going to school uh, gives, in other words, if you go to college and you get a back bachelor's degree, you are far more likely to earn far more money than someone who only has a high school degree. Um, now, truthfully, I'm a big believer in community college, and I think there are lots of fabulous jobs that you can learn to do in community college that will always be needed, that make, can make tremendous money uh you know if you if you have to hire an electrician or a plumber or or, or a contractor or hvac guy uh or gal uh it's expensive uh, <laughs> it certainly <laughs> you know, is well those are good businesses and you don't have to have a college degree necessarily to make really good money um, you know, now truthfully, those with a college degree are more likely to form the business and hire other people to do that work and make more money because others are working for them. But that's where risk comes in and the need for capital and stuff like that. But anybody can make pretty good money if they get the right education. And sometimes that's a trade rather than just a liberal arts education. But Education does make a difference in terms of opening doors for uh, jobs uh, and making more money. Uh, the, it, it makes a difference. However, there's a bad side, a dark side <laughs> to education. And the dark side is, is it's horribly expensive to go to school. And there are very, very few people that come out of school without substantial debt. Uh, the, I mean, th this article says that the average student comes out of college with a $30,000 debt load, which is pretty tough. And uh, now, I've, I've hired a number of associates in my law firm, 
And uh, almost to the person, they come to work with me uh, with $100,000 or more wow. of student debt. Holy moly. In other words, it's, it's the equivalent of a home mortgage. Sure. Uh, and the thing about student debt is you cannot get rid of it. No. In other words, there's no such thing as, as going into bankruptcy court and having the court uh, say, oh, you don't owe that money anymore. And it's one of the few debts where if you don't pay it, uh, it you, they can actually garnish your wages so that it is paid over time. And there are a lot of folks out there who just say, oh, garnish my my check, that's okay. I mean, I, I'll die with the debt. And uh, um, uh, But the bottom line is uh, you can't get rid of it. So the debt for education is an albatross that you need to get paid off. And you know, I can't imagine starting out as a young attorney 41 years ago if I'd had a debt that equaled the cost of a house. It would basically have meant I couldn't have bought a house. You know, I, I don't know if I could have bought a, a, a car. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and I buy old cars. Yeah. <laughs> well, so. the, the, you know, the, the scary part of it is, is that, you know, as you're entering college, you're what, 17, 18 years old. And so you're making maybe the second biggest financial decision of your life. And most, most kids aren't equipped to do that. So that, that's the scary thing about the debt to me is that a lot of the guys and gals making these, this decision aren't prepared to really comprehend what a thirty thousand or a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt means mm-hmm. to them at that point in their career when they graduate, right? And and so uh, and, and but though having an education, having degrees that open doors to good or better jobs is extremely important. But there's a another one up on you, and that is is that sometimes kids uh, get a bachelor uh, bachelor's degree, they get a four year degree. And they find that the jobs that are available don't pay a whole lot of money. Mm-hmm. And that's a big change from um, what it used to be. Uh, my oldest son works for a bank, and uh, he's actually been with them about four years at this point. And truthfully, his wage is horribly low for his experience, his age, and his education. My brother was a very successful banker. And I guarantee you that, um, you know, 40 years ago, uh, or might have been 50 years ago. <laughs> but <laughs> who's counting? This is, who's counting? But when my brother went into um, uh, banking, yeah, it was almost 50 years ago because it was around 1970, 71 when my brother went into banking. So um, the bottom line is the bank then paid my brother probably the equivalent of twice wow. what the bank pays my son today. In other words, wages have gone down mm-hmm. and, and they're more comp- the jobs are more competitive. And that's true across many, many industries. It's not just banking, but it's the kind of thing that when – so you get the education and, and you think it's a good – now, banks have never been known to pay a whole lot. Right. <laughs> so, but, uh, you, you know, that's uh, always been true. But at the same time, it's still true that the equivalent 
um, salaries are not even close to being there as they were in years past. So jobs are more competitive. They actually pay less um, than they did many years ago, at least if you're looking at the equivalent, you know, what was a dollar worth then versus a dollar uh, dollar worth now. Um, and, and that's really sad in terms of what it does. So when I look at where my children are, I know that they're at least 10 years economically behind where I was at their age. And, and that uh, gives me pause. Mm-hmm. And I know that there are many other people's children and grandchildren who are in that very same boat. And it's not due to anything they've done wrong. Or uh, it's just the fact that the economy has changed so much. Yeah, that's a, that's a big factor. And we're going to continue to go over these changes and differences, and we hope that you'll stick around. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Welcome back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. I am Jason Kong, and we're having a good discussion today about financial issues that are different across generations. And Bill, we've touched on housing, we've touched on education. What are some other differences that are affecting us? Well, that's a really important issue to think about because uh, now you wouldn't know this because you grew up in a different era than I did. But when I was growing up, um, now, just so folks understand, I graduated from high school in 1969. <laughs> uh, I graduated from college in 1973. I graduated from law school in 1976. Okay, I've been practicing law for 41 years now. Um, so, I mean, I think it does help to have some perspective on my generation uh, because you're far younger than, than I am. Uh, but when I was growing up, there really wasn't any such thing as a credit card mm-hmm. or a debit card. Um, people went to the bank to borrow money to buy cars. They went to the bank to borrow money to buy a washing machine. Um, uh, you know, uh, you, now today you you don't go to the bank nope. to buy a washer and dryer or um, uh, even a, a vehicle. Uh, basically, uh, there are other lenders out there, and the banks don't want those small loans like they did 50 years ago. So the banking industry has changed an awful lot. But that it's really the debt. So in essence, over now, obviously, credit cards have been around for a long, long time, and now we have debit cards, and now there's even other stuff out there that I don't understand. But the, but the bottom line is the big difference is that it's really easy to get a credit card. And there are an awful lot of folks, particularly younger people, but it's true for older folks too, who have no clue about how to manage a credit card. They, it's like free money. All right. Isn't this fun? Let's go buy what we want. And so the bottom line is there are an awful lot of folks who are in a spiral because they're just paying off the minimum payment each month. They feel like they can't afford to do more than that. And guess what? They're paying 20 to 30% interest on their money. Well, if you make the mistake of, of getting in over your head with a credit card 
you're in real trouble. It may take you two or three years to get out from under that uh, potential debt. And credit card debt is the worst kind of debt anybody can have anywhere, anytime, no matter what. I mean, it, it's the interest rates are awful. And even if you have a pretty good interest rate on a credit card, like 18%, you miss a payment, it's going to shoot up to that's 30% right. mm-hmm. and stay at the higher rate. And that's what happens to so many people. And it it's really difficult for folks who get into that debt to get out of it. And it takes them a long, long time. Well, obviously, the better way to go is to not be in debt at all and to save your money. Well, if you're paying off debt, you're not saving money. So that's, that's a biggie. Um, the other piece is retirement is different, hugely different. Most people recognize that. But today, there's still lots and lots of folks who have a retirement pension. In other words, they worked for a company or they worked for the federal government or the state government or for a company that offered a pension plan so that when they retired, they actually got a monthly check over and above their Social Security check. And so those folks obviously have a great deal more income mm-hmm. each month to uh, pay for things than, than those. But who has a pension anymore? Uh, I mean, the only pensions that still exist, truthfully, um, now, there, now there are some rare exceptions out there. But for the most part, you have to either work for the state government, the federal government, uh, military, of course, part of the uh, uh, federal government. Um, uh, and, and, you know, bottom line is that's about it. And so otherwise, uh, almost all employers today, uh, have a, now most employers do offer a retirement plan, but you'd be surprised. A lot of employers don't even offer retirement plans. Uh, but all of those plans are savings plans. It's where you contribute to them, and hopefully your employer matches them to some degree, you know, 3 4 5 6%, um, uh, depending on what kind of plan it is. If it's a 401K, they, they can match pretty much what they want to, but a lot of the other plans are limited to 3% or 4%. Mm-hmm. So depending on what type of retirement plan they have. But the bottom line is there's no pension. You just have to contribute. And guess what? There are an awful lot of folks that intend to save, but because of debt, they, at the end of the month, they don't feel like they have any money to save for retirement. So guess what? They don't have any retirement savings. So right. that's another huge change in, in things. So, I mean, it's it sounds funny, but I, I talk a lot to grandparents and, and parents who actually can't afford – to um, do something for their children or grandchildren. And I, and I tell them, and it sort of blows them away, I think, that they should really focus on help, helping start a plan when their children are born for their child's retirement. And that, uh, I mean, because that's something that's out-of-the-box thinking, but I really believe that our children and grandchildren are going to have a huge, tough time in retirement years. First, I think retirement age will be older. It'll probably be 70, maybe even 70 plus Mm -hmm. for those who want to retire and those who don't want to retire. But uh, most people want to be retired by that age. 
Um, but Social Security is not going to be enough to pay for diddly squat. Other, I mean, for those folks who retire at that age, other than, um, you know, it might be enough to pay for their acute medical um, bills, but not for living expenses. And guess what? That generation's going to live even longer than our generation and your generation. And uh, so there'll be a, a lot of people living into their late 90s and into the 100 plus. Uh, in fact, uh, back in 2013, there was a study that basically showed that there would be a fairly good chunk of kids uh, who will uh, live to be 120. Wow. And if, if they, even if a small group of, of folks live to be 120, a larger group's going to live to be 110, and an even larger group's going to live to be into their late 90s. And that's longer than a bunch of us expect to live today. But if you retire at 70 and you live to be 100, you've got 30 years mm-hmm. to have money put back to pay for all of your needs, and that's housing, transportation, food, uh, and hopefully a vacation here or there. Maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, you know, that's a big change, Um, truly a big change. Um, So it all uh, uh, comes down to part of it's investing. How do you invest? Well, obviously for me, the investing piece has got to change as well. People really should look at uh, better ways to invest that are less risk adverse. And I know there are financial advisors out there that say, oh, no, young people really need to put their investments at risk. But the truth is, you know, if you have a good investment that's less risky and doesn't lose money over time – over time, you actually will do better than those who just float with the market. So because those down years, and of course right now, you know, we're in a scary time uh, because guess what? The market's at are an all-time high. Well, that's actually a scary time because, you know, how, how much will, more will it go up before it comes down? Are we in for a market correction? Well, there are a lot of folks out there that say yes. There are others who say not yet, but they don't say never. They just say not yet. And then we then you're you know uh, you're looking at other things that can affect the markets, like you know potential war with North Korea. That that was has been scary for the last few weeks. Absolutely. And so obviously anything like that would just bring the markets down in a heartbeat. And so. You know, there's just an awful lot of things out there that have no connection to how good an investor you are. It's just like um, when terrorists uh, brought down the World Trade Center and we lost thousands of people. Uh, obviously, that was the beginning of, uh, of um, uh, I mean, the markets came down immediately uh, at, at, because of, of that. Uh, event and not and so even if you're a good investor there are lots of things that are totally out of your control that 
that can bring a market down. And that's important for folks to understand when they invest. Yeah, there's a reason they call it the economic cycle, because there's uh, there's going to be a downturn at some point and things are going to go back up at some point. But it's it's a cycle and well, it's inevitable. It is. And generally over every 15 year period, there are two downturns. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's just something to consider. Yep. Got to keep Sometimes that in mind. the downturns are wor- worse than others. <laughs> that's very true. Well, I mean, Great Depression, 1929, mm-hmm. 2007 was another Great Depression, yep. if you get right down to it. So. Yep. You just never know. And that's why uh, it's so important to be prepared. A quick break and back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. I am Jason Kong. And Bill, uh, we're going to shift gears a little bit. And you've got uh, a situation going on that hits a little close to home for you. It huh? does. And the, the last, uh, actually, the last couple months, I have been dealing with my brother, who was a wonderful man. He's actually a year and a half older than uh, me. And um, he is actually today at at Rex Hospital in their heart and vascular hospital, which I will tell you is one fabulous hospital. It is amazing. Of course, it only opened like six months ago. Mm -hmm. And it is the most impressive hospital I've ever been in. Uh, And I'll just tell folks if they end up being admitted there they are the luckiest people on earth we have been hap- so happy with how well rex hospital has taken care of my brother he um, now for those there are a lot of folks who wouldn't know but my my brother was injured uh easter weekend of 1973 he was run over uh he was uh, never expected to live uh um, he was unconscious for six and a half weeks uh, and then miraculously woke up. The doctors gave him a zero chance of living. He w- woke up six and a half weeks later in the hospital, uh, and it was a true miracle. He went through probably five years of rehab, just relearning. He has uh, what's called traumatic brain injury and traumatic brain injury dementia which the good news is the dementia doesn't really get a lot worse. So he has short, short-term memory issues. Um, and he's sort of like a 15-year-old in a, a 67-year-old body. <laughs> but, but he's a good guy. And, and uh, Now, over the last month, I have learned about what's called congestive heart failure. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what's happened to Steve. I had no clue what to look for in terms of signs. You would think I would know something like that but no there's a lot of things i don't know and he had all the signs and fortunately his doctor who was uh he's at he lives at independence village of raleigh and uh he his doctor was doctors making house call and they were wonderful as well and uh, they had been called in several times for him because he had uh, a pneumonia-like ailment and they helped him with that and then he started having fluid buildup and so he got, uh, as his caregiver uh, told me, I can't even get his pants on because it's. it's <laughs> uh, but she's, you know, we knew his legs had fluid buildup. And bottom line is that fluid buildup in your legs and ankles and feet and abdomen is a big sign 
for congestive heart failure. Well, how would I know that? I just knew we had some things. And, and so his doctor prescribed a diuretic, and that really wasn't enough because it was more serious than that. And, of course, a couple of the other signs um, of it is shortness of breath um, and coughing. Well, Steve had all of those. Uh, and so, but the bottom line is he's been at Rex. They've done a fabulous job. Now, a couple of the things to learn is this. Um, he went to the emergency room first. They did a great job there. Uh, he was admitted to the hospital you know, he was, you know, obviously there for a good while before admitted. But one of the things for folks to understand is if there's any possibility of needing rehab, it's extraordinarily important to be admitted to the hospital rather than kept there on observation status. And the reason is your Medicare, and this is important for seniors who are on Medicare or others, won't pay anything for rehab unless you're admitted to the hospital for three nights. And so that three nights is a huge thing for folks to know. And if there's any possibility of needing rehab, you got to make sure that the hospital admits you. And now they have to tell you whether they have admitted you or that you're still on observation. Observation doesn't get you anything for rehab. Admission does. That's important. Another piece is when um, – you take a loved one to the hospital, and this is also true for a nursing home or assisted living facility. There are papers to sign, admission papers. And it's important because they always give them to a family member to sign. And so it's really important that you don't sign your own name. You sign your loved ones, the patient's name, and then sign as their agent, as their power of attorney, hopefully, uh, but as their agent, not I mean, because most people just sign their name and and then go off merrily like they've done a good job. That sometimes makes you responsible for the bill if it's not paid otherwise. So sign the patient's name and then sign yours as the agent. That's a real important concept. Very important so that you don't end up with a surprise bill a few months later. A quick break and back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF, you're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. I want to very quickly remind you that uh, Bill's associate, Shazia Keller, has a seminar going on Thursday, September 7th. This is at Cambridge Village at noon. And uh, Bill, this is going to be all about wills, trusts, uh, elder care planning. It is, and I think it's going to be really good, and we hope folks will sign up for that. Uh, Shazia does an ex- excellent job. Yeah, absolutely. Again, Thursday, September 7th at noon at Cambridge Village. Please register in advance, 919-256-7000. That's the number for Bill's office, 919-256-7000 to register for that event. Again, it's going to be some great information. Shazi always does a good job. So, does. Well, um, we hope folks have enjoyed the show today and, and would remind you to tune in to Money Secrets tomorrow morning at 830 on The CW. Yes, sir. Don't miss it. 8 o'clock, CW22 for Money Secrets. Get, get some more bill in your life. That never hurts. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you again next week. You've been listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF.